Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. She give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow with the uh, Pacific Legal Foundation. We're talking about what's happening on Capitol Hill. Dennis Flint is joining us. He is the vice president of the Ferrari Club of Naples and board member of the St. Matthew's House. We're talking about the Naples automotive experience. Sally Williams is the board chair for Books for Kaya Kids. We'll find out about that as well as a special guest, Larry Bell. He's endowed professor at the University of Houston at Space Architecture. He writes his column for Newsmax. It's called On Point, and he also is an author. His latest book, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. It is January the 12th, and on this day in 1969, who would ever forget, at the Orange Bowl in Miami, the New York Jets of the American Football League defeated NFL's Baltimore Colts 16-7, Super Bowl III, a result considered one of the biggest upsets in sports history. Days earlier, Jets quarterback Joe Namath guaranteed a victory by New York and an 18-point underdog. The win was the first in the Super Bowl for the AFL, which will merge with the NFL uh, in the season in 1970. Before Super Bowl III, an NFL coach said Namath plays his first pro football game today, but the Colts, who had a 15-1 record entering the game, trailed at 16 to nothing after three quarters. Namath, a four-year veteran and former University of Alabama star, completed 17 of 28 passes for 206 yards and was named the game's most valuable player. We overcame our critics, Namath told reporters in a jubilant Jets locker room. Most people predicted a 42-13 loss. In the fourth quarter, backup quarterback Johnny Unitas, subbing for ineffective NFL MFP uh, Earl Morrill, led the courts, uh, Colts on their only score. Said uh, Baltimore coach Don Shula, we had uh, more opportunities in the first half and just couldn't get the blame thing going. I don't think we did anything right, he said. Shula said the ga- key to the game was Namath's ability to exploit Baltimore's weaknesses. He not only made me believe, he made us all believe, said Jets, uh, Jets rookie safety Do- John Dockery, said of Namath, I never saw another fellow like him in my life. <clears throat> A memorable experience. I'll never forget that game. Watched it on TV and kind of set the precedent for merging the NFL on the AFL. Well, markets closed roughly flat yesterday. Bitcoin ETFs began trading and uh, to see $4.6 billion in trading volume. On the very first day, prices that consumers pay for a variety of goods and services rose more than expected in December, according to the Labor Department. It shows that uh, inflation is still gripping the economy. The consumer price index rose 0.3% for the month, higher than the 0.2 estimate at the time when most economists and policymakers see inflationary pressures easing. On a 12-month basis, the CPI closed 2023 up 3.4%. Economists surveyed by the Dow Jones had been looking for respective readings of 0.2 and 3.2%. Excluding volatile food and energy prices, so-called core CPI increased 0.3% for the month and 3.9% from a year ago compared to estimates of 0.3 and 3.8%. 
So inflation, uh, it's now the second month in a row. We've seen a little spike here. Uh, maybe uh, inflation is not under control. In fact, President Joe Biden conceded Thursday that December's inflation report showed the administration must do more to lower costs and cautioned that Republicans taking the White House instead, of, instead would raise prices for households. I'm not kidding. These are the things that he said. It's just amazing. It actually describes what he's doing in his administration, Biden concluding by warning of the costs extreme Republicans would force on households should they take control of the government in the coming election. Make no mistake, he said, extreme Republicans have no plan to lower costs for families. None, Biden wrote. Uh, their only plan is to hand out massive giveaways. Well, <laughs> which is what he's doing with student loans, uh, to the super wealthy and big corporations. They've locked arms with big pharma and big oil to try to stop us from lowering prescription drug costs and utility bills. They're doing everything in their power to allow big banks to keep charging you steep hidden fees, and they still haven't given up on the fight to cut Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. I will not let them, said Biden. I'm not kidding. He really said this stuff. The president continues to uh, poor score, mar uh, score poor marks with voters regarding his stewardship of the economy. According to the Real Clear Politics polling average, just 37.9% approve of Biden's handling of the economy, and he trails former President Donald Trump, the li uh, likely Republican presidential nominee, in a head-to-head -head rematch. So not going well for, uh, for Biden. But now he's just projecting everything that he's doing onto the extreme Republicans. Unbelievable. Well, Governor uh, Ron DeSantis announced nearly $10 million for innovative technologies to combat harmful algae blooms. Uh, funding is being provided for 10 projects that will mitigate the effects and impacts of harmy, harmful blooms, including uh, blue-green algae. Harmful algae blooms impact beaches and waterways when there are excessive nutrients present and can be produce toxins that harm fish, mammals, and people. Uh, Florida's beaches and uh, waterways plan, play a large role in our state's economy, and it's important to continue to make investments that protect them from har uh, harmful blooms, said uh, Governor DeSantis. These technologies will help improve the state's ability to combat harmful algae blooms and protect the livelihoods of Floridians who depend on Florida's beaches and waterways to make a living. Florida's remained steadfast in its commitment to restore water quality. Over the past five years, the state has invested over 40 innovative technologies to detect, prevent, clean up, and mitigate harmful algae blooms in cost-effective, safe way. So, again, <clears throat> feathering the cap of uh, DeSantis and his uh, administration, doing a terrific job, I think, as governor of Florida. Well, President Donald Trump addressed the courtroom despite Judge uh, Endergrand's uh, repeated attempts to stop him from doing so in the New York Today, stating, the facts are, the financial statements are perfect, there is no witnesses against us, the bank got all their money paid back, there were great loans, the former print on, went on, this was just a political witch hunt, and adding, we should receive damages, said Trump. Beautiful. We have a situation where I'm an innocent man, and I've been persecuted by somebody running for office, and I think you have to go outside the bounds, the 45th president said. What's happening here, sir, is a fraud on me, Trump said. They want to make sure I don't win again, and they, this is partially election interference. Engeron also uh, stated that his belief that there doesn't have to be any evidence of harm in the case of Trump effectively confirming Trump's assertions that the entire process has been a political trial. 
Attorney uh, uh, General Letitia James is seeking almost $370 million from Trump, as well as a lifetime ban from him doing business in the state of New York. What a joke. This will, even if it ends up coming down this way, once appealed, uh, this is all going to dissipate, disappear. It's simply uh, election interference is what it is, and harassment, uh, legal harassment of President Donald Trump. Former President Trump uh, was in a town hall on Fox News Wednesday, uh, received double the audience of the CNN debate between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, which aired for twice the amount of time. The two-hour catfight between Haley and DeSantis had been billed as the battle for the second place, especially in the forthcoming Iowa caucuses. The events was, were critical for both the candidates, though neither seemed to, do, to dominate on the night, with DeSantis steadier on policy but Haley more re- relatable. Meanwhile, Trump's hour-long chat with Brett Baer, Martha McCallum, and Iowa voters pulled in twice as many vo- uh, viewers, also beating DeSantis and Haley's respective town halls on Fox two nights prior. So uh, he is a magnet for good audiences, no question about that. Now here's the problem. A winter storm is uh, sweeping across the country today and is poised to become a bomb cyclone, bringing blizzard conditions and flooding almost most of the country's eastern half. The storm will be followed by a blast of Arctic cold air with as much as 88% of the contiguous United States expected to experience temperatures dropping below freezing by Monday. Dubbed Winter Storm Jerry, it comes days after a separate winter storm that hit central U.S. parts of the plains. Jerry is forecast to make it, uh, its way from Four Corners region towards the central and eastern United States with one to two feet of snow projected in portions of Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois. Uh, temperatures in Wyoming and Montana could reach 20 and 30 degrees below zero and potentially 50 degrees below uh, in the northern plains. The Southern Plains and Midwest could uh, mention temperatures dip in the minus minus 20s, with the South could see uh, temperatures in the 20s. We've, it's been cold down here, too, on the Paradise Coast. Now, it's going to be cold in Iowa during the uh, <clears throat> political events there. The caucuses at uh, at least uh, minus 20 degrees, so it may keep uh, voters away, although I think probably Trump voters are more motivated than, let's say, those of Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis. So we'll see how that turns out. Weather will be a factor. Well, U.S. forces have launched strikes against the Houthi militants in Yemen. Yesterday, the U.S. and several allies, including the United Kingdom, struck more than a dozen Houthi targets using missiles, fighter jets, and submarines, killing five and injuring six. The strikes, the first one from the United States against the Houthis in Yemen since 2016, are in response to the Iranian-backed group's repeated attacks against commercial shipping in the Red Sea. Since November, the Houthis have carried out more than two dozen drone and missile attacks. The largest one yet happened earlier this week. The Houthis have defied defied repeated warnings to stop, saying the attacks are in support of Hamas. Now President Biden says yesterday's strike sends a clear message that the United States and our partners will not tolerate attacks on our personnel. Biden said he will not hesitate to direct further measures Uh, House Speaker Johnson and Senate Minority Leader uh, Mitch McConnell said the strikes were overdue, and they certainly are. But some Democrat lawmakers say Biden violated the Constitution by not having Congress authorize the military action. Not sure that's right. I think you can have military action. I think you have to have Congress involved in in, uh, declaring acts of war. 
Meanwhile, the Houthi deputy foreign minister warned that the United States and the U.K. would pay a heavy price for the blatant aggression. The strikes likely heighten the tensions in the Middle East, which is a real concern. We certainly don't want this thing to uh, break into a regional or even a global conflict. Well, the United States failed to adequately monitor over $1 billion worth of weapons and military equipment dispatched to Ukraine, as revealed by a report from the Defense Department's Office of Inspector General. Released on Thursday, the report highlighted shortcomings in tracking shoulder-fired missiles, kamikaze drones, and night vision devices intended for Ukraine. So according to the report, the Defense Department did not fully adhere to the program requirements of enhanced end-use monitoring for the defense article accountability in hostile environments. It's just a billion dollars, and it's over there. I wonder if uh, 10% will go to the big guy. Who knows? But uh, again, accounting for what's happening, it's just not happening, and that's very sad. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, I'm going to visit with uh, William Yateman, a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. And now serving dinner, 4 to 8 p.m., Wednesdays through Saturdays, a terrific menu. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. 
Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Tim Garrett, candidate for Cuyahoga County Supervisor of Elections. Tim's a 33-year resident of Cuyahoga County, a military veteran, retired sheriff's officer, and graduate of the FBI National Academy. He stands for Safe, Secure, Ethical Elections at Cuyahoga County. Vote for Tim Garrett and check out his website, votefortimgarrett.com, paid for by Tim Garrett, Republican for Cuyahoga County Supervisor of Elections. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dennis Flint. He's the vice president of the Ferrari Club of Naples. Right now we have with us William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. William, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure, William. Tell us about the Pacific Legal Foundation. You bet. We're a nonprofit law firm, and we defend Americans for free from government overreach and abuse. As I've said uh, last show, uh, it includes just about everybody who suffered from that. <laughs> so, William, let's talk about what's happening on Capitol Hill. Let's uh, start off with the uh, congressional spending. Apparently, uh, Speaker Johnson has reached a top-line spending deal, and uh, not everybody's happy about it. Maybe you can tell us about it. Indeed. So, uh, I, I guess I, I sort of parrot the uh, not everyone being happy, or I guess I've, I've got an evolution on this position. So we've been talking about this uh, budget negotiation, um, and just to set the table, um, the controversy, what Speaker Johnson had been negotiating, this top-line number, had been established by statute, had been established by law in the Fiscal Responsibility Act to be uh, $1.59 trillion. What they were debate, uh, negotiating about was about $70 billion, $68 billion in side deals. Um, to uh, non-defense discretionary spending. And the question was, uh, to what extent would uh, the $68 billion be in the final FY fiscal year 2024 appropriations measure, the top-line number? Um, and when it was initially announced, it seemed as though Speaker Johnson had wholly capitulated. Um, so the, the top-line number was $1.659 trillion. Mm-hmm. So that's the entire $68 billion included to the underlying top-line figure of the Fiscal Responsibility Act. But there's more to the story. Um, so I think my reaction was similar to a lot of the House Freedom Caucus members' <clears throat> initial reaction. Um, they actually met with Speaker Johnson for two hours in his office the, uh, on Thursday, mm-hmm. and they came out of that meeting uh, sounding somewhat more optimistic. And, and here are the reasons why. Um, so these negotiations took place behind closed doors, and, and as information has come out, um, the deal is seeming ever more favorable, or, or not as bad as it could be. And by that I mean, through certain accounting mechanisms, Speaker Johnson, in effect, clawed back $26 billion of that $68 billion. So it's not the, the actual increase is going to be $44 billion. I'm sorry, $42 billion. Of course, that's not great. Of, of more importance, Speaker Johnson in these negotiations eliminated certain budget accounting gimmicks that will have prospective effect. That, uh, uh, that is to say, that will set up his negotiating position quite well in subsequent uh, uh, appropriations discussions. These are important measures. And I'll also note here that he only had a two-vote majority in, you know, Republicans only control one of the two chambers of Congress and a Democrat is in the White House. So realistically speaking, there was only but so much he could do. And frankly, the more I learn about this deal, the more impressed I am 
um, with sort of the, it's, it's, I'll say, sneaky effects. I mean, how it, it is not only that he clawed back, that he didn't capitulate wholly on these side deals on top of the $1.59 trillion baseline number established in the Fiscal Responsibility Act, but these accounting changes, they could reap big benefits um, for us and like-minded people uh, in the future. So that is to say, uh, initially, I was outraged, um, but then when I came to learn more about the deal, and I, I think this echoes how the Freedom Caucus members have also, their evolution, um, the more I learn about it, the, the less bad it seems, and it, it does make me hopeful that Speaker Johnson is taking um, spending seriously. Uh, and I'll note on this accord, uh, this week, our national debt officially passed $34 trillion. Yeah. Um, and again, that's a big number. So uh, I'm cautiously optimistic that Speaker Johnson is cognizant of that number and is indeed motivated to do something about it. Well, thank you for that, William. I must say, I, I feel that same sense of outrage. I was reassured by the uh, Committee to Unleash Prosperity put out a newsletter and said that they supported uh, what he was doing, I'm, and that, that carries weight with me as well. So uh, <clears throat> I, I look forward to learn more about it. In the meantime, as you pointed out, $34 trillion in, cha- in uh, debt and uh, $23 billion. I mean, it seems like chump change when you consider the major problems we have. I don't disagree with that uh, one bit, and to be sure, to, to tackle the issues we have, the fiscal, the enormous fiscal, uh, fiscal issues we have, it's going to take deeper cuts than um, you know, 23 or 26 odd billion. Yep. However, um, you've got to start somewhere. And yep. the fact is, the political reality is that Republicans control, narrowly control, only one chamber of Congress in the federal government. Um, and sort of given that political reality, uh, 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 I guess I'm an optimist by nature, uh, so you, and uh, I think you got to start somewhere, and this, to me, is a positive start. Well, that was reassuring, so thank you for that, William. Before I let you go, can you uh, give us an update on what's happening with Trump uh, legal travails? Well, indeed. So I guess this week was closing arguments in his New York <clears throat> fraud case. That's the one where the uh, New York Attorney General is seeking $370 million worth of fines um, and also a permanent ban on, on Trump from effectively doing business in the state. Um, Trump gave his own closing arguments for five uh, five minutes. Um, as a lawyer, I would probably recommend against it. However, as a human being, it, there is something satisfying in hearing um, an individual uh, decry what is we've spoken about a number of times. Um, if he wasn't Trump, he wouldn't be prosecuted. And in effect, that was the gist, or he wouldn't have been prosecuted. Yeah, uh, There was no way a Democrat would have been subjected to a similar prosecution. So um, I respect his tone. Um, and the judge, uh, Erganen, uh, expects is expected to deliver a decision in that case sometime uh, at, before the end of this month. Um, I'm not optimistic for how it'll come out, given that he's already expressed sympathy for the attorney general's prosecution. And I'll just note very briefly, certainly New York has bigger fish to fry. I mean, as I understand it, they've got um, crime issues and indeed even issues accommodating um, immigrants coming into the city. So. Right. It just does sort of boggle the mind the extent to which they're expending resources on this. Would it be fair to say that, in fact, Erdogan uh, rules against Trump and uh, imposes the fines and so forth? It will be appealed, and I'm quite certain the appeals court, or at least the Supreme Court, will overturn this? I'm loath to prognosticate uh, what a, a higher court would do, but certainly it will be appealed. Um, uh, you know, again, uh, I think on solid grounds for reasons that we've spoken about on numerous prior Fridays. 
Again, William Yateman, a senior legal fellow with the uh, Pacific Legal Foundation. Pacificlegal.org is the website. I hope you check it out. William, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, going to visit with Dennis Flint. He's the vice president of the Ferrari Club of uh, Naples, also a board member, St. Matthew's House. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239 325 1041. That's 239 325 1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. Right now we have with us Dennis Flint. He's the vice president of the Foray Club of Naples and also a board member of a terrific organization, St. Matthew's House. Dennis, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Pleased to be here. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, we've got a big event coming up. It's called uh, the Naples Automotive Experience. Maybe you can tell us about it. Well, the Naples Automotive Experience has grown um, from a relatively small car show uh, put on by the Ferrari Club starting in early, night, I'd say, 19 or 2006, actually 2004. And... Um, and expanded into uh, a bigger and bigger and bigger show. And it's also now uh, morphed into several other events where we now have a Jetport reception on Thursday night 
last year we had about 500 people to see jets and um, some fantastic cars and, uh, and, a, and a reveal of the fastest car ever made, uh, a Remax from, from uh, Europe. Hmm. And then uh, we put on an auction. We started that several years ago, and that's on uh, Friday, and that's at Ultimate Garages. And that, that's really kind of a, a very special event, too, because it's, it's a, kind of a curated small uh, car a uh, small number of cars, high-end cars, um, where people can go there and uh, actually buy local cars. Last year was kind of important because there weren't a lot of cars around because of the hurricane. Yeah. And then um, uh, Saturday's a, uh, the, the uh, actual cars on 5th. Uh, it starts at the beginning of 5th Avenue, goes to the end of 5th Avenue, includes um, a couple of... Uh, blocks on each side of a street and uh, this year will also include park street and and the uh, baseball field and we're going to have a band in the uh, not in the pavilion but in the in what's called the picnic area right next to uh, in the park there yeah some food trucks so um to kind of disperse the crowd because we had we had quite a quite a number of people come down to see their cars we have about 600 cars at least 125 Ferraris. There's another 600 cars on a waiting list to get in. Wow! And there's some pretty exciting cars. I mean, for you know, some people they go there and they they see a shiny red car like a Ferrari, and they think that's really the greatest thing since sliced bread. But there's some really fabulous cars there. Well, I've and, been uh, and it's, it's just been an amazing experience. At the time, it was called uh, Cars on Fifth. I think maybe still is, but uh, by the way, I'm going to remind our listeners, this is happening on Thursday, February the 1st, that right. is the Jetport reception. Uh, Friday the 2nd is going to be the auction, and then Saturday and uh, Sunday is going to be the, um, uh, is, is it going to be on Sunday as well? I've forgotten. Well, the, the car, well, yeah, there's always some after sales that go on, you know, uh, cars that don't close, but then uh, cars on 5th is Saturday, so yeah. it starts well, I'm there at six in the morning, so it goes until uh, you know it's, the show really officially opens at ten, and it goes to uh, about four o'clock, and then there's a drive off, and then then we have um, we have an after show party uh, for the people who worked, so to speak, in the show, and um, and then that's the end of Saturday, and then on Sunday uh, we have a, a by invitation. Uh, High speed rally with uh, exotic cars, and we drive from a point uh, to uh, LaBelle. And there uh, we visit uh, St. Matthews. And um, generally, there's some some speeches and some uh, testimonies, and uh, we have a nice lunch, and that concludes the weekend. Yeah, it's going so to be terrific. And, uh, I just, and they had some nice nice press last year nationally. I mean, we were on ABC News nationally and about 25,000 people uh, over the three days. So pretty nice. Well, if you're a car aficionado, especially this is going to be a terrific event. I, I, I love cars just because they're transportation for me, but I had such a good time at the Cars on 5th. Uh, so I just encourage our listeners to go. But most important to me, it's all for the benefit of a very important institution right here on the Paradise Coast. It's St. Matthew's House. Maybe you could tell us about St. Matthew's House. Sure. Um, well, St. Matthew's starting as a, started as a very small feeding ministry to 
to uh, help some people who were homeless, and it's expanded now to uh, to quite a large operation. And what's unique about St. Matthew's and how I got involved uh, personally um, uh, with my own time and money is is it's a very unique uh, system of helping people. Mm-hmm. You know that it's not it's not just uh, taking someone and and running them through a 28 day program. It's uh, it deals with um, a faith based and 12 step program to encourage people to find themselves uh, and 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 spend time. It, the program lasts a year. And it has a very high success rate. Yeah. And St. Matthew's has developed a number of businesses. They call them social enterprises. Uh, eight thrift stores, uh, a restaurant called uh, Lulu's, uh, Lulu's Kitchen, um, a hotel and in Port LaBelle, and, um, and a couple catering services that not only generate revenue, to pay the overhead for the programs, mm-hmm. which is, you know, very nice. But it also provides an outlet for these people who have gone through the program to, uh, to find jobs. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're out of circulation for a year, you got to get back in circulation. Hey, driver's license, you got to get everything in. And, uh, oh, I forgot to mention there, the new facility is called the Dolly Parton Empowerment Center. And that's, that's a very exciting concept of uh, continuing education for uh, not only people in the program, but for the community, life skills, uh, everything from how to do banking to uh, how to how to buy a car, how to how to uh, how to go for an interview. We have a lot of great volunteers helping that. Yeah. And, you know, Dennis, also- I just appreciate the work that you're doing. I must say that uh, St. Matthew's House is one of my favorite institutions here on in the Paradise Coast. One thing important to me is they don't accept one dime of government money. The second thing is that anybody who gets into the program, by they're, they're providing uh, people who are food needy or, or, or have, uh, you know, especially during Thanksgiving, serving hundreds and hundreds of meals for, for Thanksgiving. Uh, they also have a, a program for, as you, as you referenced, for those that are suffering from uh, addiction circumstances, and uh, then uh, also for homeless. It's just a terrific organization, but everybody who gets in the program is accountable. You just can't stay there. You have to be right. accountable and show progress. Did I get that yeah. right, Dennis? Yeah, you do. And they, um, you know, the shelters, which are the only shelters available in this town, there's two, and uh, we run them in. You know, at, at any point in time, particularly like over the last few days when the weather was bad, you know, I have 400 people in the shelters. Yeah. And so, uh, and then during the hurricane and any type of crisis, it's always uh, a place to go that's safe and they'll get a meal and and um, and they'll be taken care of. That's we're also going to just open up a new shelter. We're going to we're going to break ground for that in a couple of weeks, just right up on uh, over the Lee County line. Uh, There's going to be a a women's and children's shelter. Nice. So that'll be our third shelter. Outstanding. So very active in, in um, housing, uh, food distribution. You know, years, uh, St. Matthew's fed people, but on a relatively small scale. Now it's, it's 25, 30,000 meals a month. Yeah. And, um, and the amount of food that's distributed through St. Matthew's. I mean, we ended up buying a, 
big warehouse, a refrigerated warehouse and, you know, four trucks and you know, just collecting food from, you know, fabulous people like food banks that, that David Lawrence uh, is very helpful with uh, all of our people in any type of, so of it, um, it's mental op- issue. Uh, we have the Neighborhood Health Clinic partnership now for everything from dentistry to heart problems. It's, it's just been an amazing development of a social network all binding together to help people in in um, in our greater Naples area. So just coming full circle, of course, this uh, Naples automotive experience, you can get tickets. How do we get tickets, by the way, Dennis? Well, you can go on, you can go to a store, any one of the thrift stores and buy them, or you can just go online, Naples automotive experience. And, uh, and then it'll, it'll pop up and you can buy various tickets. There's a, a great deal for an all inclusive VIP ticket, which includes the jet port includes the, uh, the auction and it includes uh, the VIP area on Saturday. Saturday, you can go for $30, you can spend some more money and you can get into the VIP area. The VIP area is very special because, um, it, it, it has cars in it that, you, you hear about, but you, you, you'll never see. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we had a car there last year that was, uh, a guy turned on uh, something like $80 million for a little car. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't even think it had a radio, you know. So the, the website is Naples Auto, Automotive, excuse me, NaplesAutomotiveExperience.org. NaplesAutomotiveExperience.org. Support St. Matthew's House. Uh, it's a terrific organization. I think, quite frankly, it's a template for the way things should operate around the United States. But it's a terrific organization. And enjoy uh, the wonderful Naples Automotive Experience. Dennis, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Wonderful. Uh, thank, you, thank you so much, Dennis. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Sally Williams. She's the board chair of Books for Kaya Kids. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. 
Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. Also building a 44,000 square foot performing arts center in downtown Naples. It's going to be opening this fall. I hope you find out more. Visit the website and get some tickets to some great performances coming up. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Professor Larry Bell. Right now we have with us Sally Williams. She's the board chair for Books for Kaya Kids. Sally, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. My pleasure, Bob. Thank you, Sally. Tell us about Books for Kaya Kids. Uh, Books for Kaya Kids has a very singular focus. Our mission is uh, and has not strayed. We give new books to children here in our community to take home, share, and cherish. Uh, we are very pleased and proud to share that 91 cents of every dollar of our expenses goes to buy and deliver books to the children here in Collier, um, and that we are a small nonprofit, all volunteer, and our annual expenses are um, less; they're only about two hundred thousand dollars. And in I would, essence, Bob, I would go imagine. Ahead. I would imagine that you're buying these books, too, in bulk. I mean, I think, if I'm not mistaken, hundreds of thousands of books have been distributed. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, we actually do buy um, our uh, new high-quality books through the first book marketplace and its book bank at dramatically discounted prices. So books that you and I would pay for at Amazon or Walmart or Barnes & Noble – for $10, $15 retail, we buy for about $2 a book. So we have huge buying power, and we are an all-volunteer organization. So we don't have any staff, we don't have any rent expense, and <clears throat> consequently, the um, uh, uh, every dollar of donations is leveraged by a factor of seven. Wow. So for example, last year, we spent just under $200,000 to purchase 137,000 books, and that was actually a a retail value of $1.4 million. I think that the real benefit here is, of course, these are going to kids that don't have books. I mean, there's 75% of the students, as I understand it, are in the free or reduced cost lunch programs. I mean, they're, they're families who are low incomes. So, in fact, the, the books that they receive or book they receive might be their only book. Well, the, the statistics really are alarming when you realize that here in Collier County, 
you know, presumably one of the most affluent communities and, and counties in the United States, let alone Florida, more than 90% of the children in the Title I elementary schools are economically disadvantaged and obviously benefit from our program. And on average, 64% of Collier County's close to 19,000 elementary school children are economically needy right here in Collier. And we're not talking about out in Immokalee. We're talking all four corners and every place in between in Collier County. Uh, by the way, uh, Title I uh, actually means that 75% or more of the students qualify for the free or reduced cost meal program mm -hmm. with family income of less than $1,000 a week for a family of four. And Needless of to say, inflation, COVID, right. Hurricane Ian have all impacted our community and those who serve us in our homes and stores, uh, uh, restaurants. Uh, these are the children that we help learn to read and then read to learn. Fabulous program. And I must say, you know, right now we're not setting the world on fire. Actually, Florida is among the best. But uh, in terms of reading skills, uh, if, uh, for example, in the, and if I'm not mistaken, I'll just point out, I think that these, these books go to first and second graders. Pre-K, kindergarten, first and second grade, yes. Yes. Yeah, so uh, it, this is important because kids, when they get in the fifth grade, I think only 58% of the kids that get to the fifth grade can read at uh, grade level. So ha having, these, having these types of resources is really important. Well, and our principal partner in our book distribution is the Collier County School System. Uh, we get tremendous support previously from Dr. Patton and now from Dr. Riccardelli and their staff. Um, we give a book a month to each student in each class in 32 of the 39 elementary schools here in Collier County. So that's more than 137,000 books to about 11,000 children. Every month they get a new book to take home, share, and cherish. That is fabulous, Sally. So how do we support your efforts? Well, we, um, uh, we are very grateful for the support, loyal support, that we receive from our donors and our grantors. And one of the kind of fun non-events that we host every March is what we call Stay at Home and Read, which celebrates uh, Dr. Seuss' birthday, which is March, um, uh, March 2nd. And so we uh, will have it on our website. We'll also be um, mailing out information to um, our do donors um, and encouraging them to stay at home and read a book with a grandchild, with a loved one, or just um, snuggle up and read a book to yourself, um, but then to send a donation and um uh, $500, for example, Bob, will buy a book a month for each child in a classroom for the entire school year. Wow. Uh, that's about 250 books for um, a $500 donation. Fantastic. I've got the web website right here in front of me. It's booksforcollierkids.org booksforcollierkids.org. This is a terrific organization. It is, again, uh, almost every farthing that goes through the till is being spent on books for kids. So it's a terrific That's organization. Right. That's right. And uh, you again, know, yes. I have one thing I wanted to share with, uh, with you, Bob, and your audience, that just this month we reached a new milestone. 1.8 million books 
have we distributed in Collier County since we started in 2005? That is fantastic. Now, Bob, 1.8 million books is a lot of books. If you placed 1.8 million children books end-to-end, would they reach to Benita, Fort Myers? No, they actually would reach past Gainesville, past Lake City, and almost to the Florida-Georgia state line. Oh, there you go. Now that's a lot of books. That's a lot of books. I support the effort. <laughs> go to booksforcollierkids.org, booksforcollierkids.org. Sally, really appreciate uh, the work you're doing for the benefit of kids here in Collier County, and appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much well, for joining you, us. Bob. My thank you. Have a wonderful day. You as well. Bye. Thank you, Sally. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. They help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in their elected office. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org, thefga.org. We have with us Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architectures. He's also an author. His latest book is Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. It is a terrific read. Also, he writes his column for Newsmax.com. It's called On Point. Professor, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Bob, always enjoy it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Professor. I have a question for you. 
uh, Trump, Donald Trump, has said that he's kind of got a thought about. It. He's uh, made a choice for who he's going to select as his vice presidential candidate. Who do you think that's going to be? Well, I'm, I got an article coming out this morning on that, and uh, it's kind of interesting. He's got he's got a lot of uh, good candidates, and uh, understand when he had his town council meeting a couple of days ago, he said he's already picked somebody, and course that gets all of our minds spinning who that would be uh you know we we look at the uh you know the the other contenders and he one time said he would consider some of the, you know some of his competitors uh and the primary competitors and so on but uh this morning i i put together not you know kind of looking at his uh his 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 for his apprentice TV series, and you say who's gonna who's gonna get booted and who's gonna get boosted? Yeah, um, I kind of start with a little bit of a process of elimination, and uh, then go on to discuss. I think some of the real front runners, and and I, I began by saying, you know, forget about Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. Yeah, and it's kind of looking at you know trying to look at some criteria that would be influential with Trump and a real big one is loyalty, you know, who, who he's worked with, who he trusts and so on. And on that score, uh, you know, there's some really strong candidates. Um, so I'm, you know, I'd be glad to, you know, suggest a few of them. I would appreciate it. Okay. Once we, um, eliminate, uh, Haley and DeSantis, both of whom Trump feels have been disloyal to him. Uh, of course, of course uh, Nikki Haley was his ambassador to the UN and supported his policies, including the uh, you know the dropping out of the Paris Climate Accord and, and so on. She's been kind of bad mouthing him and saying some some things that are pretty disloyal. Mm-hmm. And DeSantis, you know, he's frequently criticized DeSantis for uh, not being appreciative enough for the help he gave him in, in his uh, in DeSantis's uh, gubernatorial election. So we look at uh, the fact that he's he's many comments that he's open to having a woman. He's, that's an interesting concept to him. So. Kind of, you kind of start with that and say, well, we're the candidates. And one name that comes up real quick is uh, you know, Governor Christine Loam, uh, Nome, mm-hmm. South Dakota. And um, actually, she'd be one of my, you know, one of my top list candidates as well. And and he's been he's been very uh, uh, complimentary of her policies and they seem to be very much along the line of uh, a lot of his thinking she's been a strong governor mm-hmm. and uh, so she would get you know she'd be a pretty good one uh, uh, Stefanik uh, you know, representative Stefanik is another up-and-coming GOP uh, uh, individual and she supported him on uh, 
fighting these impeachments and lawsuits and so on. And, and you know, we see her kind of front and center on, on a lot of the uh, congressional uh, you know, committees and so on. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, she'd be a good one. And then we look at Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And, you know, that was his press secretary. And, and she, she seemed like a strong person, but she was kind of laid out of the, out of the shoot. Right. To endorsing him. And, and that's probably an issue. So, but I think there's, there's some strong woman candidates and, uh, well, I'd like to mention uh, one candidate that I think uh, might be uh, a great yin and yang, if you will, a uh, compliment to the president, uh, President Trump, would be uh, Ben Carson. Well, yeah, there's, I, I you know, I, I kind of look at some of the, some of the African-American, you know, black candidates, and I didn't note him. I think that he had said in 2016 that, he would be willing, uh, willing to, to, uh, be, you know, take that role if, if, if invited. And of course, he had a lot of influence on, and some of the uh, urban policies and so on that I think advanced, you know, minority neighborhoods and others. So he, I didn't mention him because of the length of the article, mm-hmm. but, but I did mention. I think one one strong candidate would be uh, uh, Tim Scott, um, who has a you know has a pretty inspiring uh, background. Yes. Uh, he he um, you know he, he's a strong guy, and I thought that uh, Representative uh, Brian Donalds of Florida, yeah, would was uh, someone. Of course, you're probably particularly familiar with being a Floridian, but interestingly, Donald said skipped over DeSantis in terms of endorsement and went to Trump. And I, I'm always impressed by both of them, Tim Scott and, and Donald's. I think they're, uh, they always seem to be right. You know, they're, you know, they're well, seem to be right on message all the time. And, uh, in fact, I'm hosting a reception for Byron in here in, in March uh, I, he's a longtime friend. He's a great guy, and he is so knowledgeable, so smart, so well spoken. Uh, I just think, and I, needless to say, I have prejudice, but I would think Byron Donalds would be a terrific vice presidential candidate. Yeah, and I, I agree. Uh, I, you know, I, I guess if I were thinking between Tim Scott and and, and Brian Donalds, for me, it's almost a, a coin flip because yeah. I like them both. <clears throat> Um, but I think that uh, with 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 uh, I think with Brian Donalds, he has a seems to have a broader resume in terms of you know, policy interests and so on. And, yeah, and and I like his breadth, uh, and and I, I think his 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 perspective on you know global policy is is strong as well as the domestic policy. So, so yeah, I probably, I'd probably kind of align myself a little bit more with him. Well, this has been such a fascinating conversation, professor. Again, I just want to encourage our listeners to visit newsmax.com to uh, read your columns. 
uh, especially the new one coming out about uh, vice possible vice presidential candidates. Always appreciate your commentary here in the show, uh, Professor. Thank you so much for joining us. And Bob, it's been a joy. I enjoyed it very much. My, my pleasure indeed. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got some great guests on Monday, including Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCenter.com. John Mildemore is the editor-at-large at Fee.org. And Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief, and now writing some really fascinating and interesting murder mysteries. So he'll be joining us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at BobHarden at Hotmail.com. And if you enjoy the show, I'll help you pass the word on to your friends and acquaintances it's one of the ways we support our advertisers and we can't do the show without them i hope you make it a great day and weekend on the paradise coast or wherever you are namaste thanks so much for listening to the bob harton show on the bob harton broadcasting network for more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>